Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. I am your host, Sir Hector Stewart. This is our fifth installment in the Dog Days of Advent, and joining us on the panel today, we have the following guests. Menchek Majenovic. Hello, Sir Hector. Thank you, Menchek. We also have our resident security expert, Jeffrey Ventura. Reporting for duty, Sir Hector. The perimeter is secure and all systems are go. Indeed. We also have Tom Later joining us. Say hello, Tom. Well, howdy. Also joining us, we have Bob McGruff. Hey, sorry to be here, but present as required. Well, Bob, we could just stop having you join us. Oh, sure. And let you lot lead these poor unfortunate souls to a terrible book. I couldn't have let that happen. Really? I thought you just came in here to complain. Moving on, Pierre the Shrimp is also joining us. Ah, merci, Sir Hector. I am honored to be here. My brother, Geronimo. <laughs> Making sure not to leave me to the end? <laughs> I see the game you're playing here. You are a very strange little man, but I must say, you have your own style. You call this barbaric ensemblement style? He is dressed like Mobbos. Why, thank you, Menchak. <laughs> it's about time somebody recognized my sartorial flair. <laughs> Mobos is bullshit. Ha! He got you there, partner. You! Hey! I! Oh! <laughs> Ahem. Moving along, we also have Smee. Present, most excellent host. Humble to be basking in the light of your... Smee? Must we go through this every time? Right. Dialing it back. Here's your Hector. Thank you, Smee. And last but not least, the man running the board, Jay Langjans. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. I've got an announcement for the end of the show. That is more than a little ominous. Now we have that hanging over our heads, let us move on. The audiobook we are reviewing this evening is called Spellmonger, and it was written by Terry Mancour and narrated by John Lee. This audiobook was 18 hours and 22 minutes in length and published by Podium Publishing. Smee, in the interests of forcing you out from under my shadow, why don't you read us the book jacket? Certainly, my lord, uh, Sir Hector... Menelan gave up a promising career as a professional war mage to live the quiet life of a village spellmonger in the remote mountain valley of Beauval. It was a peaceful, beautiful little thief, far from the dangerous, feudal, petty squabbles of the five duchies on the world of Calador. There were cows, lots of cows, and cheese. For six months, things went well. He found a quaint little shop. He befriended the local lord. The village folk loved him. He found a sharp young apprentice to help out. And best yet, he met a comely young widow with the prettiest eyes. Then, one night, Minilin is forced to pick up his mage blade again to defend his adopted home from the vanguard of an army of goblins. Gervani, they call themselves, bent on genocidal crusade against all mankind. And that was the good news. The bad news was that their shamans were armed with more magical power than has been since the days of the ancient imperial majocracy, and their leader, a mysterious, vengeful force of hate and dark magic, is headed directly to Beauval Vale, along with a massive invading army of Gervani. The good people of Beauval and their spellmonger have only one choice, to hole up in an oversized Beauval castle and hope that they can endure a siege against hundreds of thousands of goblins. When the people look to him for hope, Minelan does his best, but the odds are depressing. There are multitudes of goblins, and they want Beauval Vale as the staging ground for the vengeful invasion of the whole five duchies. 
Add to his troubles a jealous rival mage, a motley band of mercenaries, a delusional liege lord who insists victory is at hand despite the hordes at his door, a dour castellan, a moody pregnant girlfriend, and a catty ex-girlfriend who specializes in sex magic, all trapped in a stinking besieged castle with no hope of rescue. And you'll understand why Minlin is willing to take his chances with the goblins. All that stands between the Gervani horde and the people of the five duchies is one tired, overwhelmed baker's son who wanted nothing more than to be a simple village spellmonger. Thank you, Smee. That was certainly a longer book jacket. Oh, heaven help us! They talk about bloody sex magic in that part, too! Has this man no shame? There wasn't any bloody sex magic. That's just gross. What are ye on about now? There was a lot of sex, but none of it involved blood. Now, there was blood magic. Oh, hey, Blood magic, sex magic, horse magic, and even bloody shoe magic! And that's just to name a few! I tell already you did not like this book. Well, are your powers of perception just brilliant today? Bob, there is no reason for rudeness. This Scotsman has no manners at all. Maybe he's got his knickers in a twist or whatever he has under that skirt he's wearing. <laughs> for your information, this is a kilt, and what is underneath is none of your bloody business. I not care what kind of dress angry little man wears. As for insult... I am not bothered. Of course, if I were a member of Bravta, this is what we call Russian Mafia, I would check what he wears underneath by dangling him upside down from roof. Now you have me curious. Of course, I would have to move some of the roof defenses around to make space. I'd like to say Yapanzis, try it! Gentlemen, please, there will be no dangling on my watch. We will respect each other's opinions without insults or threats of violence. As for you, Geoffrey, roof defenses? Seriously? We'll have to chat about that later. For now, let us move on with our observations. I take it you enjoyed the story, Tom? Did I ever? I love the whole series. These stories just keep getting better and better. I'm hooked. I'm all in. That middle in fella's an exciting character. A real hero. Thrust into an impossible situation and forced to survive. Mon dieu, are you insane? Who are you calling insane? Not you, this time. I'm speaking with this simple fellow. Thomas, mon ami, you can't be serious. You think that the character development were good? I never. This was not a strength in this book. I found them all to be too dimensional and easy to predict. I do not believe I would have known the difference between any of them. Saif, for the wonderful voice acting of uh, what's his name? Uh, John Lee? Oui, him. He was merveilleux. He gave life to the dead. That's later in the series. And heck yeah, I'm serious. I can't help it if you have no taste. Taste? The levels of vulgarity in this book are enough to turn anyone's palette. Uh, exactly. The writer's name more than a pirate. Actually, I found that part refreshing. It wasn't used to excess, in my opinion. And some of them were laugh-out-loud funny. The characters were real. There's real dirtbags, selfish assholes, loyal servants. They're not just NPCs in a story. They feel real. <laughs> you think the women in this book are real? 
sorry, realistic. Realistic to the world they live in. You can't bring today's thinking into a fantasy novel. Come on. We've got goblins and elves and dragons, necromancers, and lords and dukes. None of that's realistic. Yes, a suspension of disbelief is required for all fiction. Perhaps that's Bob's problem. Smee, what are your thoughts? This should be good. No cheating this time. Ahem. I thought this was written for adults, but reads like a young adult book. Oh, and the narration was great. That's it? That's your opinion? I think he read that somewhere. And not on the script above me, but somewhere public. You have. Smee, you're just reading from online reviews, aren't you? I uh, have no idea what you're talking about. Let us not digress. At least as an opinion other than mine. Protecting your pet panelist again, Sir Hector? <laughs> Typical. Ahem. What is your opinion of the book, Menchik? I agree with Jay. I think narration very good. Great voices, lots of range. Perhaps stories a little long, take a long time to progress, but battles and action scenes are worth the wait. Oh yeah, the battles. The strategies, the carnage. This book doesn't disappoint, and nor do the rest in the series. I like the length. It's nothing compared to Robert Jordan or Tolkien. You dare to compare this travel to Tolkien? Oh boy, I think he may actually explode. He's turning purple. <laughs> There's no bloody way that this smutty rubbish could ever be compared to those crates! The shame! The odorage! He is furieux! I am! As you should be, mon ami, there was way too much focus on les amours. To moi, the author used this instead of death to move the story along. It all felt one-dimensional. Perhaps two. I've got to stop you there, Pierre. It was a necessary part of the narrative, and it ties in with the entire magic system in this world Terry has built. <laughs> I thought it was fun, and while you can't compare this to Tolkien or the Wheel of Time, <laughs> it was nowhere near as cumbersome, thank God! <laughs> I enjoy all these books. The narration was excellent, especially the Duke. <laughs> he demand an apology! For what? For Jeffrey daring to compare this to the greats! I admit this was not Tolstoy, but classics not have zombies in their books. Yeah, zombies step this book up. Not bloody zombies again! Gentlemen, please, let's not devolve into this argument again. Focus on the book. I, for one, think that this was an excellent audiobook. John Lee was superb, and even though the plot is not perfect, it is well told. I do not feel as if this book lives exclusively in the realm of adolescence. I, as an adult, enjoyed it. Sir Hector, may I say something? Just a moment, Smee. I feel as if we should move along to the voting. Smee, you may go first. Just keep it short and simple. Well, Sir Hector, I... I that I may have been a tad harsh. I did love the narration. His voice was so calming and smooth. I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10. As for the story, I guess it was all right. 5 out of 10. Hey... That is not what you say before. I see you have numbers written down. Tell us the scores you came in with. Excuse me? You're waiting over my shoulder? How rude! I made the mistake here on my sheet, that's all. I meant to give it a seven, not a five. Seven out of ten, Sir Hector. 
All right, I'll put it down as a seven. It helps bring the score up. Uh, because, Bob, you no doubt have a low score. You got that right. This book was near short and way too bloody simple. I didn't care what jeer you say about this book, and I had far too much sex and vulgarity for me. I'd give it a two out of ten. As for narration, the producer knew how to turn a turd into something marketable. I'd give the narrator an eight out of ten. Jeffrey, I assume you have a rebuttal. Bob's tunnel vision on this sex magic has him missing a great story here. I loved the action and planning. I give this book ten severed Kivani heads out of ten, and another ten for narration. Interesting rating. Pierre, you have your hand up. Anti-sector. Well, I agree that, uh, what is the narrator's name? John Lee. Oui, him. I agree that John Lee was par excellence and that he deserves a none of time for narration. But the story, as I've already said, I do not think it was strong. It felt fragile. I give the author qualité son nom. Terry Mancourt. Oui, him. I give Terrier un five out of ten. That would be Terry, and thank you for your score. All right, how about you go next, Menchek? Certainly. I felt narration was 9 out of 10. Well done. Lots of variety in character voices. The story was also strong. I enjoy the journey. I give him an 8 out of 10. Thank you, Menchek. Geronimo, your vote. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I like what Menchek said about the narration. It was great, and the Duke so good. It's a 9 out of 10 in my books. And the book is long, but a good long. Nine out of ten good. Noted. Now, Tom, your turn. Well, Sir Hector, when a world is built as fine as this one, the only answer is ten out of ten. Heck, the narration is right up there, too. Tens across the board. That's two tens. Jay? John Lee could read the phone book, and I'd listen. He turns so-so works into great audiobooks, but he doesn't have to work half as hard on this one. He gets to play with it. I think he really has fun narrating these books. I give him a 10 out of 10. This book and its entire series are excellent. Some twists and turns you don't expect, great memorable characters. I give it a 10 out of 10, too. Thank you, Jay. I, for one, agree with you on John Lee's work. He very much deserves a 10 out of 10. I do enjoy the books, but some tend to drag on, so I cannot give it a 10. For that and one or two other things, I give this audiobook an 8 out of 10. Perhaps? Ah, just shut your trap! Ignoring that, if I add up all the votes, we get a 9.3 out of 10 on narration and a 7.6 on story. The majority of us would like to recommend this audiobook. We feel that overall it is entertaining and is delivered by one of the best. We will continue to follow the Spellmonger series and have book 12 on pre-order already. We have? Well, speaking of things I'm paying for, I've decided to cut some costs. I can't justify all these extra mics. They're putting us over budget. Sir Hector, I'll leave it to you to alter the panel. I, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, that's easy. From all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theatre, we wish you a good evening and a good night. You can't do that! Studio 
Studios presentation of Masterpiece Audio Theater. This special edition is for the dog days of Advent. This episode was written by J.G. Langhans and Gary Buzzard. Sound clips are from GarageBand, and they can be found in their samples library. We can be found at nimlast.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0, unported license. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.